Happy Wednesday, ladies and gents, the watchers in the basement world. I'm Franklin. I'm Tristan Rainwater. <laughs> I'm Marcy. <laughs> We're the watchers in the basement. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. We had a little bit of a hiatus and Paramount TV tricked us. I thought it would be only one episode, but uh, apparently they put the third episode on Paramount app exclusively. So now we'll cover both episode two and three of 1923. And um, episode two is called Nature's Empty Throne. Um, and a lot happens in this uh, in this episode um, that precludes episode three. And the Big Bang happens in episode three. But um, starting out, Tristan, what did you think of episode two as a whole? Oh, well, first, let's, uh, man, they, they, uh, this aired on Christmas. That's why we didn't think that there would be uh, an, an episode. Uh, Yellowstone took Christmas off. Mm -hmm. taking off. Yellowstone is about to take off. Off like they're dropping <laughs> for real. Um, I thought so. Just coming, coming back. Um, aired on Christmas. Um, I went. Actually, had to start a free trial on Paramount Plus uh, and watch both episodes last night. Um, so there's some. I'm, I'm starting to just kind of recognize some some. Uh, I won't say plot holes, but there's some things that uh, some critiques. You know, it's, it's not a perfect show, uh, but this show is getting way more enjoyable, like almost by the scene. Um, the only the only part of this show that it's like two things about this show so far that have been a little bit uncomfortable, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll definitely talk about uh, the Tiana storyline. Um, I, I hate seeing animals kill people and vice versa. <laughs> like, geez, so uncomfortable. But besides that, um, this is a highly entertaining show. I like the historical, I like the, when it's not too on the nose, the historical kind of uh, landmarks that they're working in. Um, when it's on the nose, it's on the nose. Um, but it's just a highly enjoyable show. Um, at, at the end of this part, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna announce something, but I'm gonna work myself up to that. But enjoying it so far really loving it honestly i'm I'm loving it a little tiny teeny bit more than uh yellowstone the last few weeks but um it highly entertaining and, and two and three just really picked up and if three goes the way that i think a lot of us think it, it, it went then i think the show is about to take like a big leap uh going forward man look at t-dog dropping a mid-watcher season teaser for the, for this uh <laughs> pod okay all right marcy what was your thoughts um, I was Tristan. The schedule kind of threw me off. So I kind of hate watched episode two after the last Yellowstone. And because I was just kind of not happy with the last Yellowstone episode, I think I went in with like not a great mood. So two wasn't as enjoyable for me. I was like, okay, like whatever. It was just kind of slow too. And then I wasn't aware that episode three had come out. So I accidentally read spoilers. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I need to watch three. I accidentally like read the spoilers for that one. So three was uh, a lot better than one and two for me. I'm glad that the things that happened happened so quick in the season and we didn't have to wait like six, seven, eight episodes to get some of the answers to the questions that we've had. Um, so I really enjoyed three much more than one and two. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, going into this, um, I'm a big Yellowstone fan, so I was going to watch it regardless, but it, when you headline the series with uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, 
you're talking about damn near 100 years of experience in acting. <laughs> like, this is like, this is like the uh, creme de la creme when it comes to like PhD level acting. So that's what it had me. What they do is not acting. They are, they're doing, they're <laughs> levitating uh, in, in literary form. They are, that is not acting. It's almost like they're showing off that you can't do what they do. And they do with relatively with, with relative ease, and they find a way to like uplift the rest of the cast with their leadership and their and their acting prowess. It, it's, I get further. It looks like they're com- they're only competing against themselves. <laughs> like when Marion and Harrison Ford are on the scene, like there's nobody else in the scene. It's just them. Like there's there, nobody else can reach that level. Uh, yeah, they're, they're killing it. They, they, they are. They, they really are. And like um, and you know, I have my graphs about episode one too. Um, I think Taylor has a lot on his plate as far as being the overseer of all these spinoffs and this Yellowstone universe. And I think sometimes the writing can get stagnant. And I think Yellowstone is suffering from this, from the stagnant nature of what all that's going on, try to tie this world together, uh, all these worlds together. And um, I think sometimes with the, with the Duttons in general, the family tree, I, I'm trying to see how things are getting pieced together um, and I'm hoping we get there by mid-season and get a better understanding of like this family tree and like how things came about in the past to like now and this Yellowstone present. Um, but two brought me more excitement because I, I see I see the future of this show. Um, I don't know if they're gonna do more, I don't know if it's gonna do more seasons of 1923. It might be a one-off like 1883, but um I see the seeds of, of the future. Um and Ooh, Brandon Skellinar, who plays Spencer Dutton, is the feature of this show. And let me scratch that. He's the now. Like, the way they're setting it up. Um, he's he, my Jon Snow. He's a, yes, he's, he's going to be the, the Jon Snow of this series. Um, and, like, I, I don't know if this is going to be a one-off. I don't know how you keep it a one-off if I think what's going to happen is going to happen with this, this guy playing Spencer and if he takes off, I don't see how they, they keep it at one season. But um, since I got since we're talking about Spencer, let's talk about uh, the opening scene of episode two. So as episode one ends, he's he's trying to hunt this leopard, um, and he doesn't know it's two leopards. He, he kills one um, that that, that eats the eats the young lady that that fancies him, and then um, another one attacks him from behind. And the African hunters try to try to warn him. Um, what were your thoughts, Marcy, on on that on the closing of that scene going into the opening of, of episode two with Spencer and how he handled that? Um, that was a scene that I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Is this like where we lose Spencer and he's the one that like doesn't get to live to see his kids or whatever? Um, but I was like, no, it, they wouldn't do it too early in the season. Um, so it was nice to see him just kind of survive that and get out of that bad part is that they killed like one of the hunting pair. Um, so that was just a bummer. Um, but also I liked how he just kind of stood up for him when just the other, the white people in that settlement or whatever, they just seemed to not really care that this person had died trying to protect this whole camp and killing these um, predator cats that were, you know, that had already killed that woman that went outside to use the bathroom. Um, So I'm glad that Spencer was like, no, you have to like apologize because he gave his life to kind of protect you. Um, So I liked that Spencer did that. I thought it was really good of his character to just kind of stand up for 
um, somebody when the rest of the camp just kind of saw him as a throwaway person just because, you know, he was from Africa and he's black and like they didn't acknowledge him as an actual human being, just, um, you know, the help. Mm-hmm. I, believe, I believe his name was Caxio. Caxio, I believe. Remember his name. Say his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, rest in peace. Um, so that 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 uh, scene was interesting with uh, Holland, something something Holland, Richard Holland, I think his name is. Um, I just saw a breakdown and they they mentioned his name, but you know, you and I talked about it offline. Like that kind of upped our fandom of Spencer and his character, like Marcy just said even more right because you know we were kind of critical of him of like leaving you know splitting up the two uh his hunting guy his team uh because it put him in more danger now that we know like it wasn't his fault it was the white man's fault that's a theme (laughs) um (laughs) so and yeah uh, like marcy said like him sticking up for uh, daxia i'm sorry uh i believe so yeah okay we're good that's we're gonna roll with them sticking up for him to me also kind of shows like how the, the plot de- or not the plot development, but like the character development of just the Duttons as a whole. And like just the storyline, the show Taylor Sheridan wants you to know that the Duttons are not perfect people, um, that they come from violence, that they're survivors, that they're, but the, the main thing he really wants you to know about, you know, James Dutton all the way to John Dutton now is that they have a code. And this code is is built in within them and it's passed down from generation to generation. And no matter where they go, they stick to that code. Uh, like John, at, no matter what you think about John Dutton, Kevin Costner's character, uh, the immoral things that he's done or continues to do, the way he looks at women and whatever, like he has a moral code um, that is can be flimsy in certain ways, but it always brings him back. And it centers him into like a really really narrow version of like what's right and what's wrong. And this allows him to make these decisions. And what uh, 1923 show and what 1883 show last year was that this is not just a John Dutton thing. This is something that has been uh, baked in over the course of centuries, honestly, probably when they came from fucking Ireland, you know what I'm saying? So Spencer doing that was like this perfect, like just to show like these tentacles Right, like Spencer's all the way in Africa. Nobody knows his family. They don't know the, the, the story of his family. They don't know where he lives. They don't know any of these things, but he, he comports himself as if everything that he does is gonna get told back to his dead father. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like that, it was so interesting to me, just like how, how stringent he was on that code of like, you will apologize, even though he won't, he's not here to hear it. You will treat him like he's a human, right? The Duttons only, beef with people who beef with them everybody else gets as much respect as they give so i love that um again this 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 bromance between myself and spencer dutton is, is growing and i don't i don't know where it's gonna take me man but I, you gotta I'm, share them bro you gotta share them dog i i will share i'll share i will share <laughs> i'm not greedy but I, I don't know where it's gonna take me but I, I i love the ride so far yeah no like um you, you bring up a great point because i was kind of like I didn't know how to feel about Spencer one way or the other in episode one, because for one, you didn't get a dense feeling of who he was as a person. All we knew was that 
He left home. Um, he, he he went to war. He's probably struggling with a little bit of PTSD from World War One, and that he's trying to find purpose. But as far as like his moral code, we we had we had we had no idea. Um, Don't forget, he probably watched his father die mm-hmm. and his mother die. <laughs> so that's that puts a huge part. Yeah, I mean, I mean. That's, that puts a huge part to who you are as a person and and and, and what you choose to go with that um really defines who you are as a man. And from the and from episode one when I saw him how, you know, I just thought he was a poacher. I thought he was just getting paid to kill animals and this, that, and the third. He has two African buddies with him, not really giving a damn, just trying to make money. Um, but like you said, Tristan, he has a code. He has a code. He's trying to he's trying to keep people safe. That was his mindset. And I didn't get that episode one. I thought he was just doing a job just to stay away from, you know, going back home to the ranch. And when you see the the morality and like the true sense of care um, as a loser's comrade, that was more than just somebody, you know, a guy that was like his, his brother in arms. And, and, and he wore that on his sleeve. That's what really won me over with him. Um, and I can't wait to see more examples of, of that. Cause I think we will um, from here, from here on out in this series. Um, so, after after uh, Caxio passes away and gets killed, um, they kill the second leopard. Um, and another question: I don't understand why Richard did not let them know about the second leopard. I mean, because he saw two tracks, and for some reason, I don't I, I don't know what the, what the the motivation was behind that. I, I don't get that. Do you, do you do you have an idea why, or did he just forget, or I don't. Maybe he thought if he told them that they would think it was too dangerous and not want to do it but i mean these are professional hunters you would think that they wouldn't just kind of balk at that so i don't know or maybe again he just like didn't give a shit and was like you know somebody else is going to deal with this they're going to keep me safe i don't have to deal with it um yeah i chalked it up to that just the not giving a shit and just Mm -hmm. ignorance like you see two tracks and you know if you're out in the field and you're if you if you've been in the field doing anything close to dangerous or close to these actual animals that you're, you know, just kind of parading around, then you would understand the magnitude of there being two tracks. And I think he's just like somebody who wants to pretend like they're out in the field and pretend like they're around danger, but not <laughs> understanding and engaging with it. Like you're not going to take it that serious. So either way, it balks up to him not giving a shit. And somebody dying because of it. Absolutely. So back at the ranch. So uh, we find out that Banner Crichton, played by Jerome Flynn, aka Braun, is out here in these streets, um, moving his sheep throughout uh, <laughs> Jacob's land, <laughs> throughout everybody's land that's not his, and uh, and little Jackie, little Jack Dutton, uh, sees the sees his cavalry coming through, and um, gunshots are exchanged. He Jack falls off his horse, um, and right before Jack could get shot or killed, uh, Jacob and the cavalry comes and. Uh, and they and they save they save Jack and they capture the rest of Banner and, and his uh and his sheep uh coddling uh, gang. Um, it seems to me that this is such a small issue. <laughs> like I don't, but again, dealing with the Duttons and dealing with things surrounding the Duttons, there's so much land, and I don't and I I and maybe I can help me understand this. I don't understand why Banner just can't move his sheep down down south. And lease land and and just be fine with that, or work with the reservations, make a deal with the reservation, give some of your sheep, and like let them let them um, graze in your land. Why is why is it such a a, a beef, Tristan, between um, Banner and Jacob when when it, when it comes to the, the sheep and cattle dilemma? 
Uh, so I didn't really understand why it was as big. I knew it was a big deal because. So, uh, not to get pro pro professorial, <laughs> um, but let's just think about the time that we're in. Let's think about the time period that we just entered out of, which was like this. What they kind of still are this is this big Western expansion, mm -hmm. and why did people like expand out west? Like the late eighteen mid to late eighteen hundreds. We start seeing people, you know, navigate away from wanting to live on top of each other in these tenements and these projects and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of white people lived in projects in those days up until like shit, the 40s and 50s. Um, but they wanted to like move out into their own property and like, and, you know, isolate themselves and from people and so, so on and so forth. And so like this concept is like owning your own land and like the battles that these men had to go through, these families had to go through to get the land, to hold the land, to, to raise the land and raise cattle, raise these things like this. It's all about territory. And this makes even more sense considering that at the end of episode three, we enter into a literal war, right? This is a war over territory. Um, so at the, uh, in episode three, I think John mentioned um, trying to, you know, like, hey, it, um, they're trying to move, he moved his cattle up, up the hill, right, on a high ground where there's a little bit more grass. Now with um, Jerome Flynn's character, I keep forgetting his name, sorry, it'll come back. Uh, Banner, Banner Crichton. Banner, 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 Banner. Um, so what Banner not, is not understanding, or what he was doing was he was moving his sheep because there's no grass. He, so he's moving his sheep pretty much everywhere from land to land and eventually up high on that hill where, you know, that's still other people's land. So this is all about territory, right? Like, it's not a just like, you know, we can all share this grass. It's like, this is my grass. And if you're going to share, if we're going to share this grass, there needs to be an agreement. And what John is like, hey, this is not any grass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so we're all dealing with this. We can't just move our cattle to somebody else's land because it's not there. Like, that's just not how this works. So it's a territorial thing. Okay. I, I got you. I got you. Um... Marcy, do you think do you think with this issue that it could be it could have been just rectified quickly and not come to a head where it came to now? Because now, you know, Jacob, Jacob catches him, he puts him on he puts him on horses as punishment, hangs him on nooses, and pretty much the punishment just really depends on how loyal how loyal your horse is to you. Um, everybody gets killed or for banner, everybody gets choked out and suffocated, and banner finds a way to cut loose. Um, do you think that issue could have been mitigated early on, which is a better understanding of like making better deals with people around Montana or even going down south to, to get his sheep fed? Um, I don't know if it could have been mitigated quickly, like you asked. I definitely think, again, like Tristan just mentioned, like it was very difficult for them to find like really good land with like grass for the sheep to be able to eat. Then you've also got cattle and then you've got the park that's kind of there as well. And they've got the animals there. So um, we know why like the grazing and the grazing rights had been so important during that time. And even like now grazing rights are important as we have less and less land here um, for ranchers. Um, I think maybe just the ethos of the West is like, we're just going to get shit done. Like maybe we don't have time to like sit and talk and make these deals. The history of the West has always been like, come in and like take shit and make shit your own. 
and it doesn't matter how violent it is that's how you do it like that is how like this country was formed and that's how we expanded through violence through moving and displacing other people out and like claiming ownership of something so i think just that whole like this is mine type of mentality wasn't going to let them be able to have cool heads and be like well maybe there are some ways that we can sit down and like work something out that way like your cattle still get fed and my sheep still get fed and everybody's happy um that's why they resorted to not waiting to get back to town to let the sheriff know what had happened jacob was like no like forget that we're just gonna hang you old school type of violent or you know vigilanteism and justice um so i think that's probably how things were gonna go anyway it's just we're gonna cowboy shit up and we're not gonna wait for the law to come in here we're gonna take it into our own hands um especially because also they want to play this out for drama also remember like the cultural differences between like all the parties involved like every interaction is there's a bit of like reticence of like to to engage with each other um fully like so we see that in episode one at the, at the courthouse like there's just a natural conflict between all these different parties mostly i, I think where they come from you, you know got obviously all these white people some from ireland some from whatever whatever you know they're coming from you got these scottish uh uh sheep herders like you have native american it's all these different cultures thrown in together and they simply don't know how to engage with each other outside of violence outside of like marcy said just taking things and such so like that's that's probably something else that has uh kind of halted the potential of like negotiating and uh working through these problems and, and really working through and trying to survive this dead heat uh this drought together no absolutely absolutely i mean i think really all these yellowstone shows they, they are predicated around violence as the answer and and um there has not been really a, a, a absolute verbal way of like coming coming to the dinner table and like and breaking bread and finding ways to avoid all of that because um this is this is probably about six years before the great depression so everything is there's a, a level of desperation with everything resources food um you know political power everything is is, is at is heightened right now coming out of war too so um i do i do understand like the level of desperation from from all parties concerned it's just man it, I just wish there was a a better way of com coming about it. I get the drama and all of that. It just makes it, it, it sometimes it, it's difficult to watch people die over something that's so that could be <laughs> that could be uh, settled in such a a, a, a verbal calming way. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so Bannon gets away. Um, he, he he goes back to his home. So I, you know, there's a feeling that we haven't seen the last of Banner at this point. Um, so going back to the res. Uh, Tiona Rainwater, who is obviously a descendant of uh, Thomas uh, Rainwater. Um, that This has probably been the hardest thing to watch on the show. It's just a, the mistreatment of Native Americans on, the, on, on this uh, on this show. Um, you, you didn't see too much in 1883. You didn't see too much. In, I mean, you see it a lot in, in Yellowstone, the actual series, but more from a political standpoint, not like, not mm -hmm. like um, a lot of physicality. So Sister Mary... Um, She's she's trying to teach these women. Her and her rest of her sisters are trying to teach these women, these Native American women, how to be, I guess, wives, be somewhat like domesticated in a way, 
toward in their eyes. And there's a scene where she's teaching them how to sweep, sweep from the porch, right? And um, I love this scene from the standpoint that it shows the 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 um, the the dynamic of power from from one race to another race, um, and, and it shows you it shows you this the disparity as well uh, in oppression from one race given to another race. So um, one of Tiona's friends is, is being more, um, be more, uh, I guess, domestic than uh, than Tiona, and she's trying to sweep and uh, she's not doing it right, and so Tiona does it and she sweeps it totally off the porch, and and not using a dustpan, and they get into it again. Um, Tristan, I want you to to talk about the dynamics of these characters at the at the reservation and also. Um, what do you think this this leads Tiona um, after this? Um, it's a great question. Um, as far as Tiona and so it's different partnerships, right? W within that dynamic, you have Tiona and uh, the other native. Um, you can clearly see that. What is what's her name? I, I'm sorry. You 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 know? Do we know the other Tiona? No, not Tiona. The other one, Sister Mary. Oh, oh, oh you talking about the friend? Yeah, her friend. I don't know their friend's name, unfortunately. Sorry, we'll get back to you next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, she's been broken in a way, uh, or maybe not even broken. Maybe she, you know, maybe she's always had grand designs on just being, you know, somebody's wife and mother or whatever. Um, but she's clearly more domesticated, like you said, than everybody else, um, than Tiona is. And, you know, we clearly see that dynamic. Something's going to have to give because. Tiona's clearly going to have to get out of there, right? Or like she's going to have to find her way back to her family. And I don't know if her friend is going to necessarily be with that. Um, so that's one dynamic between Tiona and Sister Mary. That is a up and down relationship. I, I have, I, I thought I had a, a handle on where that dynamic between Sister Mary and Tiona was, was going before episode three. I don't. I, it's It's a complete uh sadistic uh in a way um sadistic with like a little some care sprinkled in like i don't like, i don't know how much care is sprinkled in um so i thought that they kind of reached the impasse after they both you know were abused by uh the father and they kind of saw like hey we both have something we need to survive and we're, instead of us clash, continuing to clash and putting us both in risk, why don't we just kind of stay out of each other's way? Um, but clearly, I think Sister Mary relishes in having that, that authority, that power. And a truce between her and Tiana is also giving up that power. Um, and I think she especially needs that power because that power was taken away from her when she was being abused. So. It's just, you know, hurt people are hurting people. And um, clearly the, you know, the molesting uh, nun, she's probably, she's probably been hurt too, right? And it's just reciprocating that hurt to somebody else or transferring that hurt to somebody else. Um, so there's some interesting dynamics, man. I'm, I really, I would say I'm interested to see where it's going, but I hate every time I, I'm, Tiona's on the screen, not because of her performance, but because of how virulent and how expansive the abuse is. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing with less violence, um, the, where Sister Mary and, and Tiona 
relationship or dynamic goes before Tiana ultimately, you know, gets out of there, which is going to happen. Marcy, what are your thoughts on the on the dynamic with uh, Sister Mary and Tiona? And what do you think it will lead Tiona eventually? I agree. I hate like watching these scenes. They are just so violent. Um, I don't think they they can arrive at any kind of truce or impasse or just kind of work together. I think just the like atrocities that Tiona sees that are happening not only to herself but to others. I think that's going to compel her to leave by any means necessary instead of just staying there and taking that abuse. Um, and I just, I really hate when people are violent or cruel, but they're doing it in the name of God, right? Like the priest and the nuns are there because they think they're there to save the native Americans and to civilize them and to like save their souls and make them Christians. I hate when people do that because any kind like my God that I would believe in wouldn't condone that. Like he would be like, no, why are you beating these poor women? Um, so I definitely want to see her just kind of leave. Um, but it's so sad to watch because you know that that's something that happened. It was condoned by the government and condoned by the church. Um, so it's important to just see because that's a very like regrettable part of history but it, it is part of history and i think especially in an age where a lot of people try to deny a lot of things that happened and deny a lot of our history it's important to see that um but i think it also brings a lot of trauma especially to descendants of native americans and indigenous tribes that have to really relive this trauma that they know that their ancestors went through and real quick, Frank, um, like it wasn't just condoned, it was sanctioned. Like this is every like uh the the doctor that um uh Tiana's grandmother goes to, he kept mentioning like this is the law, this is the law, this is the law. Like again, segregation was the law, you know, slavery was the law. Like so that's another thing I think that the show is doing there with, with these Tiana scenes is like showing this is not just like some cruelty being, you know, being carried out by some you know, rebels. This is sanctioned by the United States government. Yeah. Um, I want to take a more religious pro approach to this. Um, Father Renard, I, I believe, is the nucleus to all of this. Um, a lot of times with religion, when it comes to that platform, white men are the leader when it comes to this Western culture of, of religion, whether it's Catholicism, Christianity, you know, Mormonism, any, any of that. And he is these women the sisters they echo his 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 violence they echo his his um the way that um he treats everybody and um and here's the problem hurt people hurt people when you saw the first episode when when the, the first issue between sister mary and and tiona when they, when, when and they and they get punished the level of violence that renard showcased on his own sister the, the nun was petrified like i i couldn't believe it so seeing that play out and seeing how violent this man is and he's doing it under the tenet of of god um these women who are who are who made this religious pact to teach these women um uh how to be you know assimilated into society this is what they know they all they know is violence and like when your your, your white leader is, is showcasing that um 
oftentimes, especially in, our, in, in religion, you're not being women are not questioning you. They're not questioning your, your your methods. They're not questioning how you how you go how you how you making people see the light in a, in, a, in the light of God. And that's when religion is being weaponized. Um, I don't think I don't think religion is a bad thing at all. But the Father Renaud is the quintessential um, reason of radicalism. This is this is what radicalism looks like and weaponizing religion. And uh, and until that's the, the 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 stake is cut off and there's a better way of of showing respect and admiration for your fellow man, like the 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 definition of of religion is, is treating somebody the way you want to be treated. But for some reason, a lot of a lot of leaders in in the church they tend to forget that that line. They they tend to look over that and pretty much you know do it from a from a sense of power, uh, a position of power and influence, and not from a from a. a uh, a commonality of like, you know what, you're my brother, you're my sister. Um, I want to show you love and 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 admiration and peace. And you, I I don't get any of that in this in this Catholic in this Catholic Church, which is which is truly truly sad. And I hope for my just I hope for the show purpose that she gets out sooner um, than later because I I can't take any more of these scenes. Everybody's uh, repressed there. Yeah, that's what I get watching that. It's like so. The nuns are repressed, obviously. I mean, just by nature of their job, like they're repressed from all these other human desires and so on and so forth. Um, and they're being abused. And like what you say, people are abused. They tend to do other abusing. Like I can, I, I damn, I need to learn these names before you know these things. But like the uh, sister who was molesting Tiona in the tub. Mm -hmm. um, Father Rinaldi, because of his culture of violence, right, that permeates throughout the rest of you know, school, the campus, whatever, um, to where they, like, I'm sure they're all looking for ways, like, when most of them, at least, are looking for ways to to act out this, this energy, this repressive energy that they have, like, what she's doing is abusive, right? But I can tell, you, you can clearly tell that this is something that's probably happened to her, I don't know, like maybe Father Renaud, like one of the, you know, the, the other priests or whatever, like this is this is a really abusive environment for all people involved. Like the main point I'm trying to get to. Um, I can't wait for Tiana to get out of there. Like I'm hoping it's next episode. I can't wait for that. Everything about that, that uh, school or whatever you want to call it to end. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with y'all. I'm definitely with y'all on that. Um, so to go back to Africa, uh, we find that Spencer takes another job. He's heading to Nairobi. Um, and he's at a bar. He's pretty much drinking his sorrows away from what, what happened the night before. And a gang of British ladies are fancying him from afar. And this young lady, this young, this young English woman by the name of Alexandra approaches him. Um, and again, she's engaged. I, I, I don't know what it is with Spencer and engaged women. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. It, it's the, the man has a flair about him, I guess. But, um, Tristan, talk about that, that the dynamic of, 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 this new character, Alexandria and Spencer, and what do you think is, is going to go? I love Alexandra. <laughs> love Alexandra. I love Alexandra. She might be my second favorite character already. Damn. I love Alexandra. No, I mean, witty, sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, adventurous, like, just understands what, just knows what to say in, in, in the right time. Like, she... Dropped, dropped her nuts when she needed to. Like she, when she wanted to walk over and talk to Spencer, she went over and talked to Spencer when everybody else didn't want to. Like 
when she wanted to ask, you know, about what he did and who he was, like, shit, she was ready to kiss him twice. You know, like, it's really slow. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is that? What is she doing? <laughs> God, it just seems so accelerated. Like yeah, the man just, just like, lost a, a comrade the night before, and like they just take off as a pair. It's it's they the chemistry on screen is just is just like it's 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 undeniable. I love her, man. Like I, I like she really had one or two moments of just any type of meekness. Like um, when she gets up to walk away from the table uh, because she's like in shock, you know, and like this is real. Like I'm about to marry this guy who's nice you know but he's a simp sorry like that's the thing with, with spencer and he's he's engaged women's like engaged women like again this also goes back to the repression of women at this time mm-hmm. who had just been told hey this is who you're gonna marry and this is just mm-hmm. what it is so yeah um they're working these things in like that a little bit subtly like they're working these things is what love alexandra i love the chemistry between those two um Obviously, you can tell the future issues that they <laughs> tip they're gonna have, mm-hmm. um, but like just the electric pair, um, and they work. Like that's that's excellent casting. That's excellent, just you know, writing and scripting and dialogue between those two characters. Um, I love the fact Alexandra would when she when she knew that hey, this is a chance to like do something on my own, my own autonomy. She just fucking did it. Like I'm sure it was tough. I know it's tough. She's like, hey, drive, please, before I change my mind. <laughs> I love the fact that she just did it. Um, and again, like Spencer, uh, I kind of caught, I, I thought about this a little bit after the episode went off, but um, Alexandra tells Spencer, she's like, hey, my parents are going to hate you. And he says, my parents will love you. Right. <laughs> but like, that just shows, like, in, in my, at the time, I'm like, is he, I'm, I assumed he was talking about, James and Margaret, you know, who are obviously dead. So I'm thinking, like, okay, he's just telling that because he's probably he doesn't plan on seeing her for too much long. Like, hey, you know, actually, my parents are dead, but like, he was actually probably also talking about Jacob and Carl. That's what I got. I thought yeah. I, I got Jacob and Kara because I mean, the the relationship between Kara and Spencer, like, Kara's writing to him as right. that's yeah. his son. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I I would assume that, that that relationship has gotten close over the last twenty some years. Yeah. So like I mean I I I think that I hope that works out whatever the, <laughs> again Spence is my favorite character and I I love the addition of Alexandra I, man I was like man please don't die please don't die <laughs> I, like I know she's not gonna die because I accidentally looked some not even accidentally I I definitely looked some stuff. <laughs> uh, but I knew she wasn't gonna die in episode three but um I like I love a character so far I think she represents something grander about the show like autonomous women. Right, like we saw that with Elsa Dutton, and we're kind of seeing this through line as we're going all the way to Beth Dutton. Like we're seeing autonomous women um, rejecting um, this dainty, you know, early 20th century uh, life that you know some man has chosen for them. You know, so like I love seeing that, and I mean, just she brings uh, a humor to it. Like I, I can't wait. Hopefully, she makes it to Montana. Like I, I want to see what that dynamic. The dynamic uh looks like but love it so far marcy what are your thoughts on alexandra and, and spencer and their dynamic and what you would you expect going forward i think it's that like quintessential women are attracted to bad boys trope which is kind of true like we kind of are like i won't lie um you know she just saw him there he looks different than like some of the other men right he's just sitting there drinking kind of disheveled not like prim and proper like she's used to so i think 
she really liked that. I, you know, it was intriguing to her. It was new. It's exciting. Um, so I liked that addition. Obviously, again, they're probably going to have problems down the road because he's got a lot of issues, PTSD to kind of deal with. Um, we don't know if he will, but um, yeah, it was like the scenes with them are just really fun. It's exciting. It, hopeless romantic in me likes to see like people get together and just kind of having that spark and that chemistry. Um, so I think they did a really good job with casting those two. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed when they went out. I enjoyed, um, the whole scene where they're up in the tree and it's like dramatic and yes, it, maybe they'll get eaten by lions, but at least they're together type of thing. Um, so I'm really enjoying her character and she's an OG Beth Dutton, right? Like that is who she is personifying. I love how you nonchalantly say, yeah, I mean, they're, they might get eaten by lines, but at least they're, they're together. And they're together. It's, it's, pre-sex. it's all very, very exciting when young love can be so, so exciting. Even if you're not like stuck up in a tree, maybe you'll get eaten by um, a lion. I didn't love when they shot the elephant, though. I was like, no. Yeah. That, no, that, that was like my least favorite part of the whole elephant. Show. Hey. <laughs> That elephant was number one on steroids. It was happening. <laughs> All of the elephants were chilling, just kind of growing. Yeah. Up. The elephant was wilding. It did it to You know, um, so didn't love that part, but, you know, I guess they had to like make some kind of dramatic thing for them to be stuck up in a tree all night. But um, yeah, it was so fun. I love when he asked her, like, you still, are you sure you still want to be with me after this whole ordeal? And she's like, we'll talk about it in the car. Um, and then even after you have like this ordeal, she's still willing to have sex with you in the back of some other man's car while he's just driving. So fun. Love, love it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I have this um kind of passing fascination with and and, and this is going to this is going to episode three. So now you know the elephant and the next day is okay. This is episode three now. And this is called episode three is called The War Has Come Home. Okay, go ahead, T. No, I'm talking about the sex in the back of the car. I'm sorry. Oh, (laughs) pardon me. I have this like passing fascination with thinking about, especially with the shows we watch, um, like the scenarios that lead to people having sex, right? Like, we obviously we watch Game of Thrones, right? We watch House of Dragon, like, just people are not taking baths before they have sex is what I'm saying. Like people are hopping right <laughs> off the battlefield and they're, you know, and they're fucking in a tent. Like they just, Spencer just shot a, a, a good 15 lines. Like he damn near killed a whole pride. Plus an elephant. Plus about <laughs> four hyenas. Like he put up some stats. Like he is musty. Right. They just, they just had sex in the middle of the fucking jungle in the dead fucking heat of Africa. How are sex on Dragonback? <laughs> like, how how are they like this is not sanitary, you know? They're like, but this is is this what just what it was in the 1920s? Like, is this what they're telling us? This would never fly. In, in this is what I always think, like, especially like watching Spartacus, watching Game of Thrones. I'm like, the amount of STDs and like yeast infections and vaginosis that these poor women must have had back then, because they were just like fucking all the time not taking showers 
yeah, like that is something I also think about all the time, probably more than I should admit. But every time I see like a sex scene and like a period show, I'm like, that's probably kind of gross. Like you should go take a bath. You're going to get an infection, sweetie. She got like, they fucked on the top of a footprint from like the <laughs> eighth century. <laughs> Fucking horny kids. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not having sex in the middle of the jungle when I know that there are hyenas that are actively actively hunting humans and lions. No. You also have not you also have not been through a war. You also have not had a had the uh the experience of killing things in the in the African safari for over a minute. Like dog, he could die tomorrow. <laughs> sex at this point. Sex is a luxury for for this man at this point. Like you don't know you don't know when you're gonna get attacked from behind by a leopard. You know what I'm saying? Or or or, or ran over by an elephant. By the way, to be able to shoot that elephant with a car upside down, he he simply shot the car, shot the elephant upside down, headshot. That's pretty impressive. Real That's quick, pre- yeah. There's a lot of parallels between uh, Spencer Dutton and one Casey Dutton. Yes, a lot of parallels there. A lot of parallels. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I want I want to talk about the. Uh, the random marriage proposal. Um, between, we kind of glossed over that a little bit. Um, Spencer Dutton is the second, the second Dutton I've seen in this family tree that um, falls in love at, at, at a very expedited pace. We saw that with Elsa uh, when it came with when it came to the uh, the young cowboy, and then the Casey. <clears throat> the <laughs> huh? Casey. Yeah, Casey as well. Casey at 20 years old, following with Monica and getting pregnant, and Monica getting pregnant. Um, Elsa in the, in, in the uh, Native American. Spencer. I mean, I don't know if Spencer was in love with that first woman that that fancy him, but now with with, uh, with Alex, um, you see how they. And it might be a bloodline thing. They just they don't waste time. There's no time at the present um, with the Duttons when it comes to um, love interest and like just really just uh, going on impulse about how you feel um, and. I envy that in a way. I do envy that because um, their their lives are very violent, and they don't know when their 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 time is up. Casey came. Casey went to war after getting married, like 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 it was nothing. Like he and and, and got and fell in love with Monica and got Monica pregnant and had and had a kid at twenty years old. I, I feel like these. I feel like the Duns as holistically as as a family, they don't waste time. They don't believe in wasting time because. For one, they don't think they're gonna be here the next day, and and two, um, just just a violent nature of 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 what they've what they live in, and um, it's the nineteen twenties, like the life expectancy around this time is like fifty five, you know, crazy, 55, you know what I'm saying? Like these are for case for and Spencer should be in like his mid to late twenties, uh, he should be, yeah, because his, his parents died in the early eighteen nineties, yeah. And in the flashbacks yeah. we see when James Dutton is still alive, uh, John Dutton, you know, his brother is a lot older than he, he's, he yeah. should be like a teen. So at least 10 years have passed in the flashbacks. So he should be mid to late 20s. So like, he's an old man. <laughs> Shit, yeah. you hunt lions. You're an old man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's go to episode three. And shit picks up like for real especially in the last like 20 minutes of this of this of this episode the the uh, episode's called the war has come home and um it it the it, it really makes sense uh why it was titled that way uh marcy what were your thoughts on this episode as a whole episode three as a whole it was 
again, much better than the first two, those last 20 minutes. I, my jaw dropped and I was like, oh, holy shit. Okay. Even though I'd already known like some of the spoilers, and I knew what was going to happen and who was going to die and who was maybe going to not die. Um, I was still kind of like, oh my gosh, like they really just did that. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to see what happens next. Um, is Jacob going to make it? We don't know, but, um, I love seeing Kara just be kind of like a badass, even in the midst of all that trauma and like the horror of seeing so much carnage. She was still able to track that guy down and shoot him and just kind of like, you know, get a little bit of revenge. Um, I love that part. I, I want to see more about their backstory because everything that I've been seeing, everything that they keep talking about is like, hey, these are some bad motherfuckers, you know, on their way uh wherever they were before and then on their way to montana i can't wait to see like more flash or hopefully a flashback of uh jacob and kara and their journey through the west uh because the way it's talked about and some of the stuff i've read is like yo they they shot their way basically to montana um and damn i forgot what i was gonna say Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> i don't think uh jacob's dead I don't think he's dead. I'm gonna. Damn. I get Ned Stark vibes for, from this. Like I, I think, I think Spencer and, and look, we'll find out Sunday, right? But so you know, back in the days when DVDs were like a thing, like when I bought season one of Game of Thrones, Ned Stark's on the cover of that goddamn uh, season one. Like I, I'm thinking he's gonna be a pivotal character for the duration <laughs> of this series. And he gets it, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm he's become my favorite character and all this. I think Jacob is potentially Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford's character is potentially the Nasdaq of the series. And I think he's I think Spencer's gonna jump off as the main person um in this world. Um no, I, I think Jacob's gonna die. Let's, yeah. let's get that okay. very clear. He's gonna mm-hmm. die. I think that I think he makes it long enough for Spencer to get there. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully we can kind of see Jacob, you know, kind of guiding Spencer a little bit before he ultimately passes because he's gonna pass. That's gonna but again. He said he's 67. I think 65, 67. He might as well be 102 in 1923. Like, especially making it making your way through the West in that time. Like, he's lived a long life. Like, I don't like you said, most of these guys are ready to die. Right. Um, and and Jacob's no different. Like, he's lived a life, he's done a lot of shit. He's, you know, built his family up. Um kind of really started off this empire like we 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 watched 1883 thinking that it was james who started the empire and he really was just you know the, the first kennedy you know basically like hey i'm gonna get y'all there joe kennedy so, yeah you go, you go bootleg and then you, then eventually we'll have some presidents and shit like but it was really jacob jacob actually he took that baton and he you know started to build what would become like a, a generational dynasty um but i really i really want to see more of like backstory right um one one critique i have john dutton senior man harley knew ye <laughs> like harley knew like so coming into episode two i had to do a lot of work on like the dutton family tree because some stuff just wasn't makes making sense mm-hmm. like um it didn't really hit me that spencer and john were brothers because John looks like an old ass man and Spencer is looks like 
he was on a GQ cover last week. Like so, yeah. I had to like once that that really popped up in my head. I'm like, okay, now I get what they mean by like, oh, one of these brothers will not make it, right? And we clearly know which brother did not make it. And it's John. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just wish we got more. Like I don't. We got a nice little romantic scene between he and his wife. Shout out, but like they didn't speak much. They did. Like, I, I didn't. I don't even remember. I had to like Google his picture. Like, oh, I remember him. Like seeing yeah. him one, but like he got his little dialogue. Like he had a nice scene. I guess we should have known he was gonna die. <laughs> Very nice scene. Looking at the sunset. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. We talking about tropes. Like you're gonna die, sir. Um, but I wish we got more of him. I wish we just saw more. Like I'm, I'm cool with him dying. Um, but it's like I wish you know maybe die in episode five. You know, uh, but. Maybe see your brother again because, uh, from my understanding, mm-hmm. I don't think they've seen Spencer since with the war. The I, don't know, I don't know if he came home and then left, or he might just went. He might just gallivanted around the world after the after the war. But it would have been nice to see that connection, that reunion between John Senior and and Spencer, especially you know because he's so much older than him. It would have been it would have been cool at least. But to not get that, I feel like I feel like Taylor missed the mark on like creating a because the, the Duns don't show much affection towards each other. Like let's be frank here. Like they, they don't show the men do not show much affection towards each other. And I think that could have been a, a prime opportunity for hey, John. Hey, we, got a, we got a John Dutton hug uh on Yellowstone, damn it. And I got emo- <laughs> and bro, I got emotional. I, I did. I got emotional when I saw that shit. Because we got you know, a hug, an awkward <laughs> fucking stiff hug. <laughs> so it, it, it would have been nice to see that. I, I wish Taylor would have like gave that a little bit more thought of like seeing the Duns interact because th- they're not many of them. But because um, we don't see that, what do you think Spencer's going to do when he gets there and sees that his brother's dead and he and they know exactly who killed him? Oh, Banner, not, <laughs> Banner won't be... I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if Banner survives past episode five. I, I, I truly would be surprised. I don't, I, don't, I don't see how... Because like you said, Tristan, Spencer saw his mother and his father die in front of him. And, and you know, father shot, mother freezing, fro- froze to death. And th- I think that's just going to bring up a lot of, you might see a regression in Spencer's character as far as like PTSD and like going back to the violent nature of, of what what made Spencer Spencer throughout the, the late teens, go, uh, going to war and come out of war. Um, I think you're guaranteed to see that. I yeah. Think foreshadowed it when he was talking to Alex. He's like, hey, there's things about me that you won't like. Mm-hmm. Right. And, we see it. We we see what's setting the stage for him to kind of return to that because he's been killing these animals. I think is like therapy for him in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That that part is is going to be taken away because he's back into, you know, the U.S. He's back home, and now you deal with loss and you're dealing with war. You know, it's a, it's, it's a lot happening at the same time, and it, it can only lead to like a powder keg just, just blowing up. Can we talk about this ambush? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, Banner <laughs> and the sheep herders. <laughs> apparently, apparently, watch Game of Thrones <laughs> because they had like, that's the that's some of the most organized fucking like battling battle shit I've seen. Like, how how did this happen? Like, did, do they have like war books or some shit? Like, what I I need more backstory on how they knew. That, first of all, there were like a million fucking sheep herders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, they were able to like do espionage on Jacob Dutton, right? I guess uh, they knew that the cowboys would, would move ahead, and they would be isolated in conveniently in the, the middle of this fucking field, <laughs> like where all these trees and shit. 
um, Banner wouldn't would pop. This be popped up with a fucking Tommy gun. <laughs> That was like that was that was like the the Valentine the same Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah, that Tommy gun, it, it really did. Um, like, yeah, come on, she like. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you know what though, like like um, I saw it coming because if you remember, so when Jacob takes the family and the crew to into the city into Bozeman, mm-hmm. um, there's a guy in, in a black suit watching them. He's That's like espionage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's watching the whole time and like he's probably taking notes and like mm-hmm. you know trying to delegate you know what time you know what time they're gonna leave and he, now. How he communicated that back to Banner and his crew, I don't know. Cause there were no cell phones back then. There was no fucking walkie-talkies. Like, how, how was you able to like, like pay phone back then? Yeah. So how was you able to like get word back to Banner and the crew that hey, Jacob and and, and the crew's coming up this hill. The the uh, the cavalry is separating. The cavalry is leaving. They're not leave, they're not leading the, the charge. Like that that shit. That was a plot hole for me. It it, it did not make sense. It, it would have made more sense if it was just anarchy and just unorganized violence. And that would make sense. Like, if they got attacked in the city, that wouldn't make sense. Because it seemed like, even like in episode one, the sheriff doesn't really have power. Like, he has power, but like, Jacob does what he wants to do. <laughs> like, in episode two, he, he Jacob comes, comes to the town. And he, no, it was, I'm sorry, it was episode three. Jacob tells the sheriff, hey, just so you know, like, I, I handled that shit. Like, he, he, he tells the sheriff, like, Hey man, you should have brought the guys to us. We should have handled it. It's like, nah, man. Like, I handled that shit. Like, I, 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 I couldn't wait. Like, he's and telling do your Sheriff job we- before I handle this shit some more. <laughs> yeah, well, like he's like, it, this, this, there's no, it, this, the time is opposite. It's the opposite way. So, I think it would have made more sense just, just to take him in the city because it looks like the sheriff, he might have well, a band of three or four people under him as far as officers. It, they could have anarchy in the city. It would have made more sense then than having this organized attack out in the pastures where like there was no way of like getting back to Banner, like, hey, they're coming this way. Get ready. I wonder if maybe that was, like, common when you were traveling in, like, a big caravan, like, to have somebody go in front, again, because you not only have, like, other, like, ranchers that you might need to protect yourself against, but maybe, like, indigenous tribes, they, you know, that maybe that was a way of traveling that kind of ensured them some protection. Maybe he, like, telegraphed somebody Maybe like there's somebody on the inside who would was like telling them like this is how they're going to be rolling. So we don't know. That's interesting as well. But um, that was a punk ass move to show up with that Tommy gun when everybody else has like their regular old like rifles and shotguns. I was like, no. And he showed up in a car, right? Yeah. He shows up in a car with his little Tommy gun. Um, so punk ass move um, there's women and like there's women there there's Kara exactly. and, 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 yeah. and the fiance and the fiance's mother and like john's mother it's like and uh uh elizabeth her father he first yeah. died, first one to die it's like what what is going on like like this over over some fucking sh- like I, I get it you got attacked cool but keep it keep it on some man shit like you want to attack jacob and those guys do what you got to do yeah. but yeah. but but to loop in the to have the women as collateral damage? That's that's fucked up, man. Like I, I, that. It's fucked that, up. That. This is war. It's, yeah. it's war. Um, yeah. And uh, to go what you were saying, Marcy, we see we uh like the the way they travel. Mm-hmm. We saw that in eighteen eighty three, where James literally told him like, "I'll ride up, y'all ride mm-hmm. here. We will have some in the back." Like they they had to make these movements because thieves could come in. They could flank you from the back. They can you know all these different things, but 
yeah, man, this is this is war. They, they are literally at war. Um, and everybody's a casualty. And the sheep herders see the they don't just see Jacob Dutton, they see the Duttons. He told his wife it was the Duttons who did this to mm-hmm. not Jacob Dutton. So like they represent something bigger. They represent like this establishment that just continuously has their foot on the neck of smaller people. They have all these resources that that, that they can tap into at any time. And everybody else just kind of has a scrap for things. And that's just kind of how they see it. So um, I, I don't know if we talked about it on this part. Somebody said it. Uh, no, Brittany said it. The best villains are the ones who think that they're right, right? Mm-hmm. Banner does not see himself as a villain. Shout out to Brittany. Yeah, like he's he's he has a, a wife, he has a child, like he he makes a living, he's passionate in the thing that he that he does. Like he thinks of himself as somebody who's just trying to survive. And and like I said, they have the Duttons are just continuously just beating them down and beating them down, and there's nothing they can do. So like when you when people feel like they have nothing else to do, what usually happens after is usually anarchy. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how it played out. I didn't know it would look like, you know, the fucking Lannisters. <laughs> in the open field but uh you know uh, and how slow are these fucking cowboys they heard the shots and i'm like it, it literally it's like five minutes later now they pop in like if you can hear the shots this is 1923 mm-hmm. these you can hear shots you're they're close mm-hmm. right these guns are loud you're right so that was an interesting scene that was a, that was a little mm, okay taylor <laughs> all right too much dip on your chip there <laughs> Another another plot hole too, because we we find out eventually how many people were involved. It might have been like 15, 15, 10 to fifteen people. It seemed like to me they were reloading very quickly. Yeah, there was there was no space and time to reload and 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 shoot again. Like like shotguns like back then shotguns even shotguns now it takes a while to to load them up. They were shooting like almost simultaneously like over and over and over again, quick rotation. I'm like this is not this is not. This is not believable. This is not. This is not possible. You can't shoot that fast. Like that's that's what they, and reload that quickly. Um, I, I, I want to talk about the letter. Um, so, so Jacob is is is, is on the doctors have come. Somebody broke in. <laughs> so um so we sorry, sorry about that so um so there's i want to talk about the letter the letter that kara is writing to spencer um it was almost like a declaration it it, it, it felt like now nah, this is the introduction to the show <laughs> spencer's coming home Trish, i want you to talk about the letter that kara is writing to to spencer while all this is going on if i was thinking i would have uh transcribed it and read it uh because but I'll paraphrase, but um, she basically, she writes, she sits down to write. So second letter that she's written to Spencer uh, so far this season. Um, and she's telling him that his brother's dead. Uh, by the time he makes it home, uh, Jacob is probably going to be dead. Um, war is here. Um, obviously, the inner conflict that he's had, you know, from the various traumas he's had to overcome, has been an open family, you know, not even necessarily secret, but narrative. And she references that. She said, hey, whatever wars you're fighting with yourself, they they have to wait, right? War has come home. War is here. Out, literally outside our front door, uh, on our kitchen table. Shout out to Kara. <laughs> Kara Gray. <laughs> like, just shout out to her. Um, she was, man, hey, right here on this table. Boom, boom, boom. Like, just moving. Shout out to her. 
Um, but yeah, the war is here. And um, to to go back what you said earlier, um, Frank, about like the connection, obvious the obvious connection between Kara and Spencer. We got to remember when Jacob gets there and, and finds Margaret frozen to death. Um, he he literally adopts um, John and Spencer. So like, yeah, this is these are his parents. These are these are Spencer's parents. Um, and we're, you know, obviously, we'll see how you know he'll be in back at home, and we'll see like that dynamic up close. But um, yeah, I agree with you. It did feel like like we got past the introduction to the show, right? And um, it's fitting that they went they returned back to Kara killing the last uh, sheep herder, which mm-hmm. opened up this this season. Because again, that feels that feels like it was almost like House of Dragon. Once we once we got to the older actors, it's like okay, oh now like the the actual like an epilogue in a way. Yeah, like okay, I could see like the the actual mm-hmm. season the beginning to form right, and then we get to the all the way at the end. It's like oh now the season has started. Okay, like episode seven or some shit. But like the same thing here is like we know that Spencer's like this big bridge between this big period of un uh, instability with the Dutton family and, you know, the, the transition to becoming more prosperous later on in the, in the 20th century. So like, I can't wait to just see Spencer back home and, and seeing like what happened, what, what's the, what, what happens between now him finding out about his brother and his uncle and his war happening and just where we get to by the end of the season, like how does Spencer evolve? How does he devolve? Right. Um, how does Alexandra like if, if she's going to make it this far, if she's going to make it to America and to Montana, like how does she see him knowing that, hey, she's walking into a war? Like, does that repulse her? Like she said, she doesn't want to feel this way anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So like she, you're literally walking her into a powder keg, not of your own doing, but this is just what it is. So um, I, I love Spencer Dutton's character. Um, we spent a lot of time in Africa. Love Africa. <laughs> shout out to me shout out to my motherland motherland um but we're here for montana and we're here for that particular conflict so like i said i am by saying I, I can't wait to see him in that element mm-hmm. and just seeing how everybody how everything revolves around him because he's he's the man now <laughs> like they literally they if they've not fully killed off but like are killing off any any hindrance to Spencer being the man, the, the Dutton, right? So like he's the Wonder Kid Dutton. Like John talks about, I, I can't wait to rewatch all of Yellowstone because John talks. Uh, he praises. He, you could tell he look. He's been told a lot uh, of lore about Spencer Dutton. So I just can't. That's what I want to see the lore of Spencer Dutton because we've heard a little bit about him uh, from the present tense uh, Dutton. So I can't mm-hmm. wait to see that lore play out. Lord of the morning. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Marcy, on 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 the uh, on the letter, and 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 what do you think is going to transpire from that? Yeah, I knew that this would be the catalyst for Spencer to come home. It was interesting to see the different responses to that kind of ambush and the trauma, where you have John John's wife that's kind of like traumatized and in a catatonic state, and she just kind of like is sitting in the wagon, just very still trying to process what happened. She's in shock. 
Whereas Kara like sprang into action, killed that other dude, like helped them get Jacob back home, like cleared the table, started working on him and then was like, okay, like I don't have to wallow. I don't have time to wallow and just kind of like cry over what's happened. I've got to like get Spencer back home. Got to tell him like, get your ass over here. I don't care like what you're going through. You have to come home and you have to like protect this family. Even though I don't think like she needs much protecting, like I would be like pretty scared of her. Um, but she's like, you need to come home and just pretty much like fight the war here. Um, so obviously that's, what's going to get him back. But again, like Tristan said, we don't know if Alexander, this isn't what Alexander signed up for. She signed up for like some adventure with this like handsome bad boy that I met and it might be like really fun. Um, but this is a different type of adventure that she didn't sign up for. So we'll see if she goes with them, if she indoors in Montana or like if it just kind of scares her away. Yeah, and, and not to not to mention Jack just lost his dad. <laughs> that let that, let's like his fiance gets shot and he gets shot. His dad's dead and his uncle's probably gonna die. Like that's I wanna see the reaction from Jack. His father in law his father in law is dead. His father in law is dead. Like he <laughs> Pretty much lost his family right in front of his eyes in the blink of a second. And this is why I think Jack Dutton, or the guy who plays Jack Dutton, has the opportunity to really like be the co-star to Spencer Dutton. Because one thing about Yellowstone, you see the best acting that's coming coming from pain and despair. Um, you know, from from Beth, you know, in in, in the regular timeline to John. John and Monica. Uh, John and Monica, um, you, you see the despair from pain, and, and the, the level of acting comes up a level. And I want to see what where it takes Jack. Um, like, bro, like your future was almost taken away from you, and your and your, and your fiance, your dad's gone. Like, this is this is this is some, and your father in law's gone. This is some true, some true shit. Like, how are you gonna handle this now? And and, and Jack comes up, Jack comes off as a very, he's very green. Very cowboy, like I can handle anything I, that's thrown at me. Like I, I, I want to see if the level of like calculated nature is it develops within Jack. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to see where this takes him um, in, in his art going forward. Um, I just, it's hard for me to wrap. My, it's hard for me to wrap around my head that Jacob could be gone. <laughs> like it's. Like three episodes in, like Harrison Ford, one of the best actors that I've, I've ever saw, could be gone within three episodes, and I, I don't. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's he's gonna be injured. He's gonna be wounded. He's he's he took like three to the chest, bro. <laughs> like I'm just I'm like bro, like and he's sixty something. Like this is like, bro. <laughs> so, did mean, John, so did John Dutton. <laughs> How many times has Fifty been shot? Like, and he's survived? No, I mean. Is it possible? Like, yeah, maybe. We don't know. Um, but do you think if they kill him off, we'll see him again in flashbacks? Or Absolutely. will fans that like started watching this because of Harrison Ford, if he's dead, do you think they'll be really pissed that they got hooked onto the show and Harrison was only there for three episodes? Absolutely. Uh, people would be pissed. Like you, you have yeah. to just to somewhere smooth that out, you have to bring him back in flashbacks, either with interactions with Spencer, a young Spencer, maybe. Um, interaction with John um, Senior, like you, you, you cannot lose that level of acting this early in this series, 
and think that it's not going to affect the show going forward because it, 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 it is. Um, I can almost I, guarantee you we're going to have flashbacks. Um, we don't. We just we don't know much about Jacob Dutton, right? Like fuck uh Harrison Ford like mm-hmm. OG he is like we don't know about Jacob Dutton we don't know much about Kara Dutton mm-hmm. I think Kara Dutton is that I think uh yeah Kara Dutton is actually going to be the bigger co- co-star for Spencer I think their relationship I think hopefully she'll be there to support him uh well, she will be there to support him when he needs it but also to calm him down mm-hmm. and also kind of pull him in um but we 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 need to see more of that backstory. Like yeah. all we know, the only thing we know from the bridge from 1883 to now is through Elsa's very brief narration at the beginning, uh, episode one. So like we have to see that. But again, I don't think Harrison Ford um, is leaving. I, I think we'll see more present day Harrison Ford. Uh, Jacob Dutton. I think he's going to be like you know every other show where somebody's just kind of stick bed. You know, by the time Spencer gets there. You know, I think he'll be alive long enough to have, you know, one or two talks and then that'll be the end of Jacob Dutton. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see the we didn't see him actually die. And just mm-hmm. TV show canon tells us that if you don't see a body, mm-hmm. if you don't see him actually die, then we can't assume he's dead. Right. So I, John Dutton's absolutely dead. Like, geez. <laughs> Man, <laughs> dead. But Jacob, I, I think he makes it um, at least three more episodes. Damn, I'm going there. Yeah, shit. How long did fucking uh King Viserys? <laughs> like nuggets everywhere. Yeah, you're right. Viserys made it like thirty fucking years, man. <laughs> Two working extremities. Like, yeah, like no, it, it can happen. Like, um, Elizabeth took one to the gut. Like, and she, if she is not dying, I'm not saying Jacob doesn't die. Like, you took one to the eye. Okay, you did. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth's father, he took one to the heart. Them's the breaks. But like anywhere else, like those look, those pistols are weak as fuck. Back in the day, they were really weak. That which is why they start inventing, they start innovating with guns, and you get mm-hmm. a Tommy gun. Like this is fucking uh, Harlem in this. You know <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, yeah. So before we wrap, I, I want to. Um, I had this idea last night. Uh, um, this is like, I, I think this is one of like those fork in the road moments of life. <laughs> like, I really I was thinking about this for like hours. Do tell. I was, right after I finished episode three, I, I could not go to sleep for anything. So I was mm-hmm. like thinking like, why can't I go to sleep? Like, it's not like I took a nap earlier. It's not like, you know, any of these things. It's not like I just watched this like riveting, like the Warriors game the other night. I could not go to sleep after that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I was thinking like, why? I had this idea and I'm not, I haven't started anything, but I'm kind of, I want to put this out into the universe. I want to write like a fire and blood style book about the Duttons. I do. I do. I want to, I'm putting this out into the universe. I want to, I could, I couldn't stop fucking thinking about the shit last night. I'm like, I want to start from James Dutton. Maybe like just even if I have to fucking invent the shit, like I want to, just kind of tell the story or tell a story about the Duttons and where they started, how did they get to where they are now? Like, I want to, I, I think that's what I want to do. Just more flesh, a more fleshed out version. Um, yeah. for sure. Cause I think, I think with Taylor, man, <clears throat> I get it. 1883 was a one-off, but like you, you miss out on so much story between 1883 
1923. And like, it, mm-hmm. it you don't serve this the story <laughs> justice by just talking about it offhand with other characters. Like, I want to see a season two of 1883. I want to see James and Margaret going through what they went through. I want to see them creating the the the, the emphasis structure of this ranch. I want to see them die. I, I think it adds more validity to the character, and like, and as a fan, you connect more mm-hmm. seeing the generation by generation in, in each of these stories. Because, hell, I tell you right now, Spence is my favorite character already, like, off top. And to see his childhood... It's not even close. It's not, it's, it's by far, he's my favorite character. And to see his childhood from, like, 1890 to, like, going to World War II, uh, one, that th- that could be gold. That could be, like, uh, uh, Golden, Glo- Golden Globe-type gold that you're missing out on by just talking about stuff offhand in the past. Like like you said earlier, Tristan, I want to see the track between Kara and Jacob going from Tennessee to fucking... Uh, Montana, that that would have been dope too to see. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, so nah man, I support that, bro. Like, yes, write that shit. Let Taylor know. I'm sure he's on Instagram somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah, I'm I'm a fan of that because I feel like you we're missing out on too much story on the Duttons, and and we're depending on like these new stories to kind of like incentivize and like and like add validity to the past, which that doesn't that that does nobody no justice but seeing the imagery. Actually, play out on screen. I think everybody happy. Marcy, yeah, I agree. I love that idea. Like, you know, we need to see more of like how they have come together. And I definitely don't want Harrison Ford to be gone because I really love his interaction with Helen Mirren. I think Jacob and Kara, like, they look like an old married couple that's been together for decades. They just have such a comfort in their scenes together. Um, that I like really enjoyed again, like that scene in the hotel where they're talking about like, have you seen like they've invented razors for women to shave their legs? Like, what are they going to think of next? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, yeah, like it was such like a tender scene of like a couple doing like everyday couple things of just like talking about <laughs> random things while you're shaving. Um, so I definitely want to see more of Harrison Ford. I definitely support your endeavor, Tristan. Um, and I am ready for episode four. I want to see more kicking ass because that, again, was a punk ass move. So we <laughs> support the Duttons getting their revenge. Yes. Tommy going pissed Marcy off. Oh, I did. Lord. I was already mad about the dead elephant. And then this, I was like, really? Like, that's not fair. Like, let's fight fair a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, ain't no fucking way. That Kara Dunn would have not been impregnated about three or four times over the last forty <laughs> years by me. I have a, I'm tell you right now, I have an old man, I have an old lady crush on Helen Mirren. Like I, I sometimes go back and like look at her pictures from back in the seventies. I'm like, bruh, she would have got it then, and she would, she would get it now. I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm just now the way she's Helen Mirren in the seventies. Wow, bro, that motherfucker was something different. I, I don't know what I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know how, you, I don't know how Taylor writes a show. Of Kara and Jacob being together for as long as they've been together and not having any kids. I'm, what I tell you, bro, I'm yeah. telling you, dog. Yeah. Yes, Helen Murray was that. She was that chick, bro. And like, and like, I don't know. She, she, she would have gotten it. If I was Jacob, she would have had about three, four of them things. I'm just, just saying. Very beautiful woman. Yes. <laughs> um. So that leads us to the end of the show. So, uh, what a way to end it, right? Ooh. But um, hey, I think episode four is gonna be one of them, them ones. I think, I it, think so. It, it's setting up to be for sure. It's, so. it's setting up to be a golden one for for a long time, and I'm I'm already hearing about Golden Globe, uh, Golden Globe buzz uh, with this show as well. So, 
Um, it's it's doing it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. I think anytime you leave a show with Helen, Mir- Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford, you, you you're gonna get uh, get rise as far as like uh, nominations for different awards or, or shows and shit like that. So, um, again, guys, thank y'all so much for joining us today. Um, Road to 300. Um, we hit 200 subscribers not too long ago. Thank y'all so much for supporting the, uh, mm-hmm. our podcast. We're just nerds, man. That that that, that love that love uh, art and. From shows, movies, thank y'all for supporting us. If y'all have any, if y'all have any shows or movies that y'all want us to cover, um, anything, please let us know. Um, follow us on all of our social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Watchers Basements. Um, please like, share, leave a comment, man. Share your thoughts about about what you think so far about what we're covering, what we want to cover, all that. Help us grow our audience. Hashtag Road to Three Hundred, man. Uh, for myself, for Tristan, for Marcy. Uh, this is episode two and three of 1923, season one. Peace. Both for Pedro. <laughs>